Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Participating in our conversation is Kay Satterfield, our group sales manager and retreat director, as well as Sarah Otto, retreat director, and also my wife, who is in another room. All of us here are parents, and so that's gonna be our topic, finding joy in parenting. Sarah's gonna lead off with a prayer, and then we'll all offer uh, some of our own thoughts. Sarah? Thanks, Andy. Let's take a moment to remind ourselves that no matter how distant we may be feeling from others these days, God is ever present, ever near. God of life and love, you entrust us with the tremendous gift of co-creating with you as parents. Help us to always see the image of you in each of our children. Nurture the child within each one of us so that we can find wonder and joy in our calling. Comfort us when we feel overwhelmed and exhausted. Like a child rests in its mother's arms, help us to always find rest in you. Amen. So again, my name is Sarah Otto, and I am a mom of two little kiddos, Eva, who is three, and Oscar, who is nine months. And as I prepared for this evening, it was experiences with Eva that largely came to mind, not because I love her any more than Oscar, um, but I think my joy with Eva is so poignant these days because she's also my greatest source of frustration, um, which is such a, a reminder for me that joy can intermingle with other emotions and that parenthood provides such emotional extremes within the span of one day or within the span of 10 minutes. Um, I'm grateful to have a spiritual life that allows me to process all of those emotions at the end of the day through things like the examine, and especially grateful for the kids' bedtime when things are actually quiet to do so. Um, sleeping children definitely bring me joy. But one of the primary sources of my joy as a parent right now is something that I had to actually grieve fairly recently, and that is the reality that Eva is completely different than I imagined she would be. And I knew that would happen, but I thought that that would come much later, perhaps what she chose to do as a career or who she fell in love with. I didn't realize it would come so soon. She's three years old, for goodness sake. But when I was pregnant with her, I always imagined that she would be the little girl that I supposedly was, very quiet and shy, super obedient, super tied to my mama, and about as polar opposite um, of that as you can get. She is loud, she is brave, she can be quite defiant, and she already sounds like a teenager when she says to me, give me some space, mom. She is not who I imagined she would be, and so it's really challenged me to accept the reality that I don't know who she is. She's her own unique individual, and I may be responsible for helping her to form her into a kind, loving person, but I'm also given the joy to just watch and discover who she is and how that will continually unfold. And so she constantly surprises me. And rather than seeing that with fear, I am trying to see that with more joy. And I was sharing that with my spiritual director recently, and she asked me, 
And what does that teach you about God too? And undoubtedly it reminds me that God is a God of surprises too. And that my expectations of God um, can and should be um, challenged as well. The other thing I'm very aware of these days, particularly since the shelter in place reality could feel so suffocating with small children, is that Eva helps me break up the monotony of life and just celebrate more. And I truly believe that celebration is at the heart of our faith. God invites us to come to the feast. Just think of the father who prepares the feast when the prodigal son returns. Eva, of course, loves any holiday that might allow us to bake cookies or cupcakes. And so she delights for days in advance when we tell her that some special day is approaching. And she's already said she wants to make lots of cupcakes and fill our entire house with different colored balloons for Mother's Day. But Eva is not an actual holiday. Eva finds some way to commemorate each day. She is obsessed with birthdays, and so there is a constant rotation of birthdays among her stuffed animal friends. And the first thing she says when one of us walk in in the morning is, today is Rabbit's birthday. And I love that she wakes up with that joy, that each day for her brings something to delight and celebrate in. God longs for our joy. And as a parent, that's such a great reminder because there's so much shame and expectation we can place on ourselves. But God, at the end of the day, just longs for us and children to be joyful. So those are the places that I have found sources of joy. Um, I'll pass it off to my hubs, Andy. And in Eva's world today was both Valentine's Day and her dad's birthday. So happy birthday, Andy. Thank you. I have had many birthdays for the last several weeks. Um, and like Sarah, my joy in parenting comes from my children's joy. Um, this time of isolation has been an opportunity to see that even more on display. And while spending hours upon hours with my children and each day feeling so repetitive, when I sit back and reflect on the day, I'm, I'm really touched by the gift that parenting can be. You know, children see this world as naturally wondrous and magical. Um, children, when they come into this world, are nothing but themselves. So it's normal and natural for them to cultivate their own joy and to see the goodness in creation. But like most adults, I can find myself uh, quashing that natural joy. And to be frank, each day in quarantine has begin begun to feel a bit like the movie Groundhog Day. Um, as uh, kind of alluding to what Sarah was saying, each, each morning Eva's clock turns green when it's time to get up and we hear on her monitor, it's green, it's green. And I roll out of bed. And the moment I walk in her room, she's either telling me it's someone's birthday or someone's sick every day. And lately she's, gotten into pretending she's sick by saying, achoo, it's annoying and it's getting to me. Um, but you know, our children don't really, certainly at their age, um, uh, eight, you know, nine months and a three-year-old, don't know what's going on really. They're just having fun and probably pretty stoked that they get to play with their parents all day. I said to Sarah the other day that, we are doing our best to set boundaries for our children 
so they can have the freedom to play and to just be. And for me, the big theme I see of childhood is freedom. Spiritual teacher um, Mirabai Starr writes, when you were a child, you knew yourself to be co-creator of the universe, but little by little, you forgot who you were. When you were a child, everything was about color. Now you pick black as your automatic font color because that is the coin of the realm. When you were a child, you traveled from place to place by dancing, and now you cultivate stillness, which is great, but you are forgetting how to move to the music of your soul. You can hardly even hear that inner music over the clamor of all your obligations. Children remind us what we've forgotten, the joy of life, and they reveal to us so much goodness about the world. So that is where I find my joy as a parent. And when I find myself resisting or being annoyed, I find it's an invitation for me to step back and to ask myself, is my child trying to annoy me? Are they consciously trying to push my buttons? Sometimes they are, but more often than not, they're just living out their own lives of joy and for one reason or another, I want to stop it. And I'm trying to maintain control. So I've got to reorient and let go of certain grown-up expectations that are inhibiting their joy and their being themselves. Why do you think Jesus was calling us to be childlike? Now I spend most of my time at St. Thomas More Church in Decatur, most of my work time. And there's a playground behind the church that Eva loves to play at each Sunday after Mass. But one day, Eva asked me if I ever use the playground when I go to work. And I thought, you know, this simple and adorable question reminds me that I ought to be sure to take a break, even to have fun at work. It's easy for me to get caught up with the things that don't cultivate my joy. And as a result, I can unconsciously be trying to take away the joy of my children. And with all of this daily playtime with my kids lately, I've found great joy and have had fun just building blocks or pouring rice. And the kids don't need to be around for me to do it. Sometimes adults need permission to choose joy. Maria Montessori said, if help and salvation are to come, they can only come from the children, for the children are the makers of men. Children's natural attunement to joy says to me that they're attuned with God. I'll turn it over uh, to Kay, whose children are a little bit older. Okay. Andy and Sarah have beautifully reflected on how their young children are teaching them about joy and how how to savor it as gift. And I know it can be exhausting uh, to be a parent of young children, but they're doing it so well, in my opinion. I'm on the other end of the parenting spectrum, as Andy alluded, as I have four children now in their mid-20s and entering their 30s. I survived raising them as teenagers, so you can do it too. I love being a mom. It has been the most challenging and the most rewarding work 
of love I will ever do. I do find it a real joy to watch my daughter and my three sons come into their own as they grow into their adulthood. I have walked with them and witnessed over the years as they overcame obstacles and struggles, working out who they hope and dream of becoming. I've watched them grow up, and in the process, we have learned from each other. They have taught me too. My role now as parent is hopefully more mentor who listens and is a sounding board and cheerleader. I do try to bite my tongue, sometimes successfully, to allow them the freedom to choose their own decisions that is unique to each of them. One of my places of deep joy is just being with my children around the dinner table as we were having a meal together, sharing in our day, our struggles, along with our hopes and dreams for the future. It is where we learn from each other. In the gospel stories during the Easter season, Jesus appears to them in the breaking of the bread. We attribute these stories to the celebration of the Eucharist. But we can also view it from the perspective of the importance of our domestic church and how Jesus is in the midst of our love for each other. Since three of my children are living in different places all over the country, we've recently become creative in how we share our family time together. We started doing it virtually. About three weeks ago, we started having a Sunday happy hour via Zoom to check in with everyone. It's a new tradition and it allows us to connect, to encourage, and just to have some fun. The current stay-at-home situation due to the coronavirus has created a need for greater connectedness with each other and brought us closer together to support one another as a family. As someone who practices Ignatian spirituality, I see it as Jesus in the midst of our domestic church, and there's grace in it. How can your family time together, whether mealtime or evening walk or, or um, Zoom time or game night or playing with blocks, be where you are the body of Christ for each other? How can you create the space for listening where you can learn from each other? And finally, how can you savor the moments of joy with your children as graced gift? Thanks, Kay, that was beautiful. Um, I am struck, it doesn't surprise me since we're all ministers, um, but I'm struck that we all connected our sense of joy to scriptural passages and just our spirituality in general. Um, and it's just, yeah, again, such an affirmation for me that while parenthood is hard and draining, that um, our spirituality gives us a broader lens. Um, we talk in Ignatian spirituality about God's gaze that brings us back from that current moment. Um, and I just, I know with, you know, spending all day um, inside with the three-year-old, I can get just trapped in the moment. And so I am so grateful for that reflective space to step back and see God has a bigger picture. God sees our family in a different way than I do right now. Um, and so, yeah, just encouraging folks to find that space for themselves during this time. 
Um, but as a question, I guess, just, you know, Andy and I both really reflected on, especially Eva being our source of joy because she's such a vessel of joy. And so it makes me curious as she gets older and loses that sense of joy that's just so external um, and she becomes an angsty teenager, how, do, how did you still find joy um, in your kids? And, and perhaps it really is that spirituality and stepping back and seeing the bigger picture, not just the moment in this little vessel. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on that of how you continue to find joy as your kids age? Well, um, they do become that angsty teenager. I mean, they're, I mean, it's natural for them to want to break away from you. I mean, that, that's part of what they're trying, what they're doing, you know, uh, but, you know, it's, it's still exciting, you know, as, uh, you know, teaching them to drive, seeing them growing in independence. Um, I, I guess I was talking about, you know, seeing them have an obstacle, uh, whether it's bullying or, or um, you know, a class that they're uh, struggling with in science or math and working hard to overcome that or, you know, being uh, patiently watching them kind of push through. I mean, there's a joy in seeing them grow in that sense. Um, but, uh, you know, I think there's a joy in developing the relationship in a new way, you know, it, it's a different way. And, and I think you have to switch uh, gears to not see them as a child, but a, gr a growing adult and, and asking different questions and, and growing that new, new type of relationship. So I, I don't know. I think it's a lot of things, but finding uh, joy in them trying new things. Uh, I, I, you know, it was fun to go to sporting events and I don't know, there's just um, seeing their successes, um, you know, and there's failures, but being there with them in that too. Um, so it's just, uh, um, it's like they've got this whole life ahead of them and that's exciting. Like now, I mean, um, their whole life is ahead and, um, they're starting, you know, my eldest son has gotten married and there'll be grandchildren. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's fun to relive it. You get to relive your teenage years. <laughs> I mean, nobody really loves being a teenager, but you get to, you know, maybe do it over again and, and, uh, you know, go to those dances and be a chaperone and all that fun. <laughs> I, uh, I liked how uh, you, um, by the way, uh, Danny, uh, Kay's son, Danny, is watching, he commented. And, um, no. Good perspective, good perspective. I, I like, Kay, how you talked about a parent being a cheerleader, because when you talk about like driving a car or, you know, encouraging them in their studies or whatever it might be, um, I mean, our, our nine-month-old Oscar is just, he's just getting to the point where he has these moments where he's, he, you know, he can stand up holding himself, but then he lets go and is holding a toy and he doesn't realize he's standing for several seconds and we're just uh -huh. so proud of him and we're like, yay, Oscar, you know? So I yeah. just love that, um, yeah. that just joy of being a cheerleader and just delighting yeah. in our kids. Yeah, and that, 
that always brings me back to God too. And that sense of pride. Um, cause I remember, yeah, when Eva was just six months old and we dropped her off at the church nursery for the first time. And I was so anxious about her missing us or crying. And when we went back and we just saw her sitting there, super content, surrounded by other little kids. So she wasn't even doing anything. She was just sitting there and I felt more proud of her than I had in her entire six months of life because she was happy. And it reminds me that God, like that sense of being a cheerleader and advocate and so proud of us, that's how God feels about us. And we don't have to do anything, but God feels that tremendous sense of joy. Um, and what a gift that is. And what a gift parenting is to give us a glimpse into the heart of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I had a question, you know, for you guys, I mean, I, I really loved your, um, you know, talking about the uniqueness um, of Eva and how, how she's, you know, different from you and, and uh, coming to an understanding and a realization of that and um, how, you know, my mother used to say, if everybody was the same, life would be a, a boring place, you know, and, and I, I don't know, I think delighting in, in the differences but there is that trying to understand that other person who, especially if you're the parent, um, that, that can be a challenge, but I think it's, it helps you to understand other people who are similar or, you know, I, I think, I think there's grace in it. Um, and, uh, grace and growing in that understanding will help you, you know, as you continue uh, to grow in your relationship with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, another thing you said, Kay, you talked about the domestic church. And yeah, I think during this time where people are not going to church, to their church community, you know, we think of the domestic church as sort of praying together and so on. But really the, the domestic church is the com is this community of God. And, you know, I was in religious life. And when I left religious life, I always told Sarah, when it was just Sarah and me, I said, you are my religious community. And now we have a religious community of four, which includes <laughs> a nine-month-old and a, and a three-year-old. And, um, you know, we are the domestic church. And, and that's not just about... Um, you know, prayer or worship, but it's, it's about service and love. Mm -hmm. And the, the number of opportunities, especially during this time where I'm bonding with my children more than I ever imagined, or at least having that opportunity, I realize, I guess, or what's uncovered for me is how am I serving them? How am I loving them? Um, and with balancing them with work, I'm checking my phone and, and, you know, they see when we do that, they see when we're ignoring them, you know, and our daughter Eva has this little kind of a box with a mirror that flips up and she pretends it's her computer and she has a meeting <laughs> and um, she has cool meetings because she eats s'mores during her meetings. Um, and she has her phone and everything. And it's like, mm, she's, she's seeing the busyness of her parents, you know, like, is she seeing us um, live out joy and just put those things down and just be? I, Andy, I, I loved what you talked about, you know, um, 
the quote um, of how, you know, children have, uh, you know, they have an openness. You know, Jesus calls us to be like children, little children, to have that openness and that trust. And the openness, you know, they're, 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 um, you know, they don't choose just black on the, as the font, <laughs> you know, they, they choose any color, you know, whatever they're drawn to. I mean, they're, they, they have an openness of, of mind, but, you know, about how is God calling us to be more childlike? That question, I, I thought that was a, that was a good question. You know, um, how can we have that trust and that openness? And even as a parent, um, and I, I know trusting in, uh, openness to God, you know, working with us, co-laboring with us, and use that nation term as parents, you know, that we're, we're all in it together. I wonder, um, you know, how can she, how are we called to be more childlike? I think that's a good question these days too, not just in play and, um, yeah, responding to our kids and getting on the floor and playing with their toys, but just in our prayer life in general, we're apart from the typical ways of praying that we do in a community and at mass. Um, so how are we incorporating more creative, unique ways of praying and connecting to God apart from what's normal to us? And that can feel very odd, but that's, that's Ignatian spirituality of finding creative ways to connect with God in all things. So whether, I mean, so many people are spending more time outside. So um, seeing that as a, a way of praying, uh, dancing to music in your home with your kids, that's a way of praying. Yeah. Cooking, a lot of people are cooking more, that using your skills and your loves, um, that's a way of praying. Yeah. I want to share a couple of things, a couple of comments on, on Facebook. Um, uh, Catherine, uh, acknowledges that it's it's hard that she needs to be on the computer or phone when her kids are awake and near her. She says it's impossible not to, but it feels unpleasant. Definitely can relate to that. And then our, our friend uh, um, who's a coworker at Ignatius House, Don Williams, says there's a joy in knowing you have nothing to fear as you watch your children's characters develop right before your eyes. What wonderful creation God has made us to come into our own. He says it keeps me uh, young as a parent. Um, and I think, I think that's kind of what I said earlier, just that joy of, of watching. I think Sarah mentioned God's gaze, you know, as a parent gazing upon her children with this just tremendous love. Um, and the, the love doesn't go away. I mean, it, even despite frustration and, you know, I can speak for myself. I've experienced plenty of frustration during this time with my children. Um, but there was this moment the other day where the kids were just playing by themselves and kind of loving on each other and bonding themselves. And I, I said to Sarah, I am so glad we had them. <laughs> and it was just this moment of spontaneous feeling of, of joy and gratitude. Yeah. I, I have to say that, um, watching my own sh four children, you know, um, and their interactions with one another. And um, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that and um, that they are supporting each other as brother and sis sister and brothers together. And, um, and now, um, in addition to the significant others who are part of the, part of the group, <laughs> it keeps expanding, but that is, 
um, that is a joy to watch that relationship grow between between your children too. You know, Jesus didn't have children, but he he certainly had uh, he had a keen awareness of how important children are. Now, it was certainly in Jesus's time, right? Children were were considered property and, and not persons in the way we understand. But um, calling us to be childlike, I mean, just that that humility and to to sort of, and Richard Rohr has talked a lot about this, make ourselves less important to say like, we're not, we're not important <laughs> the way that us grownups often make ourselves to be or pretend. And, and, you know, the struggle that um, a couple of people in the comments were talking about of, of dealing with work and, and balancing and trying to attend to your children at the same time, um, that stuff is practically important right our jobs are important to an extent but um you know certainly for my kids they don't care <laughs> you know because for them it's all about relationship and so i have to i mean it keeps me in check of how am i attending to that relationship am i setting boundaries for myself so that I can cultivate joy together with my children and not just be in my work, you know, with my blinders on. That's, that's a growing edge for me. Yeah. And I think, um, we're not that important and, but also realizing, especially in this time, families with young kids that we're not perfect. And, and I, I often go back to this phrase that Eva would tell us when we would get upset with her. Um, and then apologize because we knew that we had lost our cool. And she would say, it's okay, things happen sometimes. Um, and just the grace that she gave us in those moments was so needed and a grace that we continually need to give ourselves these days and to know that God's giving us that grace too um, to survive this challenging time um, and to survive those, those moments of um, challenge when we're trying to juggle everything. Um, but it's okay. Things happen sometimes. We're not that important, but we're also not that perfect. Um, and what a gift that our kids can remind us of God's forgiveness and God's love too. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I I was going to say, um, talking about the interruptions. So I <laughs> that can be very frustrating because you're trying to get a project done or something. And I, I don't know. Um, sometimes you have to decide is this uh interruption is it something that is a necessary interruption i guess or 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 can i space out whatever project you know over five days i don't know it's like a practical thing of how to find the the right mix but i, th I think sarah you you spoke beautifully about you know, sometimes our children have to uh, see us as human. And I think that certainly with older children, um, as mine are getting older, that's one thing I think that they're coming to see that a mom is a person and uh, that I'm a human, a human and, and forgive me for my, for my mistakes too. So that's, Eva's really beautiful in what she said, yeah. I, I worked in college campus ministry for about five years and 
Um, we often called campus ministry a ministry of interruption because we'd be getting stuff done on our computer and then a student would inevitably be lingering in the doorway or popping in. Um, and that was always helpful for me to remind myself, this is ministry, this interruption is ministry. But I feel like that's also just a good metaphor for parenthood um, and parenthood is such a ministry but it's a lifetime of interruption, <laughs> both challenging, both joyful, um, financially, emotionally, spiritually. It is interruptive, but um, thank God for those divine interruptions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, I heard, I heard uh, someone once talk about sort of the difference between adults and children is that it's the difference between exploiting the world and exploring the world and that you know, children are just naturally open to new experiences and discovery and exploring. And at some point, adults kind of close off, and we shut down our imagination, and um, you know, we have this need for control and everything. And I realize like that that's like a smothering of joy. That if we face the world and one another with a more open stance of possibilities. Um, then we're, we're cultivating the possibility for joy. Um, I have to remind myself that, that every day, you know, and I try to hold on to that. And it, it does pain me to think about my children, um, Oscar and Eva at, you know, at some point, um, where, where they're going to be dra dragged into the grown up ways of the world. Hmm. Any final thoughts for you, Kay? I uh, just to savor um, savor those moments of joy and grace. To you know, remember you know, be a have you know when you're at the playground and you're watching your children play. Just to and the sun is shining. Just to savor it, you know, and 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 see it as a grace gift. Thank you to both uh, Kay and Sarah and to all of you. Um, you know, whenever Ignatius House uh, opens again and is able to offer retreats and days of reflection, we encourage you to check out our Parents' Mornings Out that we offer a few times during the year um, with free childcare. Um, it's just a great way to care for yourself and keep connected to God. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.